The Founding Fathers, American Revolution, Our Constitution, Our History, America. Thanks so much for tuning in as we discuss the people, places, events, and battles that turned 13 separate colonies into the greatest nation on earth, the United States. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you tuned in today. I must first start out with an apology. My goal with this podcast was to have a weekly show. And what I've found is that the time it's taking me to do the research and uh, fact-finding and reading the actual documents online is, well, I underestimated the time it would take. And I don't want this to be rushed or broken down into just facts. Uh, So I'm going to move this podcast to twice a month. So hopefully your understanding is available for me. So with that, let's get into today's show. Just a quick recap. Our first and second show, we covered what it was like to live in the colonies during the 1700s. And then last show, we spoke about what it was like to live in England and what the mood and temperament was in both uh, countries. And that leads us now into the French and Indian War. Uh, The French and Indian War is also known as the Seven Years' War. And the three main players in this war is France, Britain, and the Native Americans. Now, France and Great Britain have, since the 17th century, have, have always had hostilities between each other. There were like uh, three major conflicts between them. Uh, King William's War, which we briefly discussed in uh, our previous show in the late 1600s. Queen Anne's War in early 1700s. And then King George's War, which ended in 1748, had all started in Europe and eventually made their way to the colonies. Now, the French and Indian War is rather unique because the fighting started in North America and then it spread to the rest of the world. In in Pennsylvania, the order to fire the first shots of the conflict were given by none other than George Washington. He was only 21 years old when he led this party. And I want to just talk about that particular event because it it started it started the war uh the french and indian war ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. George Washington was delivering a document that was to be given to France, basically saying, uh, this is our land, get out. And what happened was uh, George Washington and his party came across a group of French men. And they, being George Washington's party, assumed that that was a military 
party and they surrounded them and fired upon them and killed 13 of the French party. Well, come to find out, it was not a military. It was a diplomatic party mission that the French were on, very similar to what George Washington was doing. He was delivering a document telling the French to get out. And these, uh, this group of French were just on a diplomatic mission likewise. And one of those persons that died, uh, his name was Jumonville uh, from the French Diplomatic Party. George Washington and Half King, who was the leader of the Iroquois Nation, went down and spoke to him as he lay dying. Uh, he was shot and bleeding and laying uh, on the ground. And when George Washington and Half King got to him, he held up this piece of paper and said, why did you do this? We are uh, on a diplomatic mission. And while he was talking to them, the half king pulled out his hatchet and struck him right down the middle of his head and split his head wide open. Uh, the half king then reached in and took his brain out and ate it. Now that's crazy stuff. Very gross. Now, George Washington had no idea that Half King was going to do this, but because of Half King's actions, it was a huge, huge embarrassment to Britain. It also didn't bode well for the first military action of George Washington, who then built a fort called Fort Necessity, which he eventually surrendered. So George Washington was having a rough start. He was on this mission. They shot and killed a diplomatic French party. And then he built, uh, George Washington built a fort. And that was overtaken because he built it in the bottom of a ravine. So the French and Indians could just shoot down on him like fish in a barrel. And uh, it, rained, uh, it rained a lot. And all that water would just go right down to the bottom of the, of the bowl, so to speak. And the men couldn't fire their muskets because their flint got wet. And also... They were stuck in mud. So bad decisions um, by George Washington due to inexperience. Uh, he so much wanted to be high up in the British military. So it did not start out real well for George Washington. But he does make up for his shortcomings and lack of experience years down the road. So getting back to France and Britain... Why, why were they in the struggle? What, what did both sides want uh, during the French and Indian War? Well, the answer is pretty much the same as why wars are started for any empire or any wars today. Economic and land or expansion of. And they also wanted to influence and take over new lands and the people. So they both were in the process of building their empire. For France to gain more land, they had to go south from Canada, and they wanted the Ohio Valley. And for the British, there was only one direction that they could go to expand, and that was west. And they wanted the land west of the Allegheny Mountains, which is known as the Ohio Valley. The Ohio Valley would uh, eventually become known as uh, the, the states of West Virginia, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. 
And both of their economies, that being Britain and France, really revolved around fur trade and trading with the Native Americans. And each one of them were really trying to prevent each other from owning or taking over this land because it would affect them economically if they couldn't continue their trade. So in 1747, the Ohio Company was founded to open trade into the Ohio River Valley and further expand Virginia westward. Now, as Britain continued to move and try to gain more land, France started just to build forts all over the area, showing or trying to show that they own this land. They were getting ready or they wanted to build a large fort below the Great Lakes with the sole intention of securing the fork of the river, the forks of the river, because that was really instrumental in uh, in their trade. Well, guess what? The British colonies beat them there. So in the spring of 1754, Virginia troops started and began uh, building a new fortification. A little bit later on, a larger Canadian force arrived and the Virginians abandoned the site. And because of that, the French built Fort Duquesne. Now, because they built this huge Fort Duquesne at the Forks, Britain couldn't just sit back and say, well, you beat us there, that's okay. They had to respond. About a month after the French built Fort Duquesne, a hundred men under the command of a young 22-year-old Lieutenant Colonel George Washington, they encamped about 50 miles east of the Forks in a area that's in an open field known as the Great Meadows. So dispatched from Fort Duquesne and heading in their direction was a small French party led by Joseph Coulon de Jumonville. I probably butchered that name, but with orders to obtain intelligence on the British force and, if possible, demand them to leave. So they were doing the same thing. Washington responded to the news of the French movement, and he led a force of his own to intercept them. So there was uh, 40 Virginians and about uh, about a dozen Iroquois allies, including Half King. They ambushed Jumonville not far from the Great Meadows. Now, this was the first shots fired during the French and Indian War. That conflict, that event would have global ramifications. Uh, that small skirmish left Jumonville and nine of his men dead, as well as 21 wounded. A person that survived made his way back to Fort Duquesne and told his superiors that he had been attacked and they assassinated Jumonville. So it was obvious that things were heating up rather drastically. Now, a short time after that, uh, George Washington and his men returned to the Great Meadows and they wanted to show their force, so they built a fort, and they called it Fort Necessity. Now, the building of this fort shows Washington's inexperience, is what it does. He he built this in a, well, the bottom of a bowl-shaped landscape, and so the, the Indians and the French could easily shoot down on them from 365 degrees, and when it rained, and it did a lot, all the water would just drain into 
their fort because it was like a funnel and they were at the bottom of a funnel. So not a good decision on building that in that particular location. The, their muskets got wet so they could not fight back if they were attacked. And uh, they were walking around knee deep, sometimes waist deep in mud. And that doesn't help you move around a lot if you're trying to fight. Now, they did get attacked on July 3rd by about 300 Canadians and Native Americans led by Jumonville's brother, and they surrounded and attacked Fort Necessity, George Washington and his men. When he eventually had to surrender this fort, George Washington signed a document, basically the terms of surrender. Well, the document was in French, the document was wet due to the weather, and so he thought he was signing a surrender. Well, what that document really said was George Washington knew what he was doing. He assassinated Jumonville and really made him look horrible and made Britain look horrible. So he signed that thinking it was the surrender when, in fact, he signed something that said, yes, I'm an assassin. Uh, not his fault, but again, a little inexperience there. Always read and know what you're signing, right? That's uh, even to this day. Well, nonetheless, it was a very embarrassing event for Britain. In February of 1755, there was a new Major General Edward Braddock who was appointed to be Commander-in-Chief of the King's Forces, Britain's forces in North America, and he arrived in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Now, they were poised to outmaneuver the French and take the territories of New York, Nova Scotia, the Ohio River Valley, and everything uh, before a formal declaration of war could be made. Braddock had orders in hand from William Augustus, Duke of Cumberland, and it didn't turn out as well as he thought. In fact, that battle became known as Braddock's defeat, and it was a massacre. It was actually one of the most disastrous defeats in all of British military history. On July 9th, 1755, about 10 miles outside of Fort Duquesne, 1,500 regulars and provincials led by General Braddock were slaughtered at the Battle of Monongahela, basically known as Braddock's defeat. Over 900 men fell, uh, wounded, captured to the French, including Braddock, who actually sh was shot and killed. Washington did have a positive highlight after his uh, first couple fiascos. He took over after Braddock was killed on the battle lines. He rode in front of his line and... Uh, had bullets whizzing by him every direction. He actually led uh, his men on a retreat, the men that were left. And so there he showed amazing courage and leadership. And I think that particular moment in time is when George Washington really started to become the George Washington that we now know and look up to. Now, the consequences on the future of the British colonies in America is a direct result of the French and Indian War. It was very expensive for Britain to fight. 
And in order to pay for it, they started issuing taxes on the colonies. Now, it wasn't a gigantic tax, but the fact is, is that they were charging the colonials these tax such as the Stamp Act and Sugar Act, which we're going to go into very, very soon. They, the British thought this was fair as they were protecting the interests of the colonies, but the colonies said, listen, unless we are represented in the British government, we should not be taxed. So there is the taxation without representation. So it was also the first time that the colonies united together to fight a, con a common enemy. And they built up militias and they gained confidence in their fighting abilities. So the ramifications uh, for us, the colonials, the 13 colonies, were big. So we're going to end on some interesting facts that you may or may not know about the French and Indian War. Uh, there was a guy that was a supply wagon driver during the French and Indian War. And his name was Daniel Boone. The British captured Havana, Cuba from Spain in 1762, which is really at the end of the war. And then they later exchanged Havana for Florida as part of the Treaty of Paris. And the French were greatly outnumbered by the British, but they relied heavily on the American Indians and the allies of the Iroquois. And there were several tribes of Native American Indians that they relied upon. The major battles uh, and events of the French and Indian War. General Braddock at Fort Duquesne in 1755, which we just talked about. Uh, Braddock, he led 1,500 men to take Fort Duquesne, and instead they were ambushed and clearly defeated by the French and Indian soldiers. Uh, the following year, the Battle of Fort Oswego, the French captured the British fort and took 1,700 prisoners captive. Uh, the following year, the massacre at Fort William Henry in 1757. Many soldiers, uh, British soldiers, were massacred as France, uh, France's Indian allies violated the terms of British surrender and killed and scalped around 150 British soldiers. The Battle of Quebec was two years after that in 1759, and British was able to claim a very decisive victory over the French and could now occupy Quebec City. So we've discussed a lot of things in the French and Indian War, and hopefully you have a little better understanding of how this affected the colonies, while well, it affected everybody in the world, but specifically the 13 colonies were now directly affected because they started to tax them. And that is what we're going to talk about next week is all of the taxes that they started to impose on the colonists, which kind of threw gasoline on a spark or a small fire that was already going with being taxed without representation. So we're going to dive into those items on our next show and i hope that you tune in and remember we have a line that you can call in and ask a question or provide some further detail or input and we may even use it on our podcast so check that link out and until next time i hope you and your family have a blessed week Thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you tune in next week. Each show is going to drop one time per week. We're going to have some bonus episodes, so make sure you subscribe so you'll get notified when a new show is available. 
And all of our contact information is in the show notes, but everything that you possibly could need is on our website, patriotpowerpodcast.com.